0: Hi, I'm Danny Elfman.
1: This is Shirley Manson. This is Debbie Harry.
0: This is Chris Blondie. This is Roland Orzabal from Tears for Fears. This is Billy really Idol.
1: This is Alex Ebert, a.k.a. Edward Sharp, giving the story behind the song. Hi, this is Peter Chadi, host of the story behind the song. Each month, I speak to some of music's biggest artists to get the inside stories behind their most lasting and iconic songs. Join me for new episodes on the third Monday of every month on the story behind the song from the Consequence Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Australian comedian Aaron Gox has appeared in the Netflix film The Merger, the show Goxie's Classics, And has hosted several video segments for Vice. He's gone viral several times for different surreal comedy videos. And he's built a substantial audience in Australia. But here in the U.S., he's not well known at all. Which is why we're happy to bring him on the In Defense of Ska podcast. Besides, he's a big Ska fan. So we talk to Aaron and get a sense of what the Ska scene is like in Australia. And we talk about a whole lot of other stuff, too.
1: Aaron, have you ever been to Australia?
0: I have not been to
1: Australia. Neither have I. But I feel like if we ever go to Australia, one of the people we'll hang out with is Aaron Gox. Absolutely. Aaron enjoys the show. Aaron's a, a comedian, a big comedian over in Australia. And I feel like Aaron could show us uh, where to go to do all the, all the good, authentic Australian things.
0: I feel like without knowing much about Australia, Aaron is very Australia. Yes. Like, he he embodies the culture of Australia.
1: The real culture.
0: Yeah, the real culture. In fact, I don't even understand some of his jokes.
1: That's how, like, <laughs> deep into the culture he is. <laughs> That's how you know that it's authentic. If you don't get it, it's authentic.
0: I didn't realize when you first uh, said you wanted to be on the show, I didn't know that you were the guy with cornrows that eats corn while listening to corn oh. person. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um. It's
2: it's funny because... Um, I, I often do podcasts and things here in Australia and they ask me like if I'm known out of Australia and I'm, I'm not, but that, that went, was more like a, a meme and it was like they, I, well, it wasn't attributed to me. It was just like, but I could see that it was going around the world, but yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was, um, yeah.
0: So that was one of those things where you made the video and then people started to share it and, and remove your name from it.
2: Yeah, yeah. So just kind of like still shot and I'd see memes like yeah, like my name I wasn't attributed to it. Yeah, my name was cut out and but you would see it popping up all over the world, like South America, North America and crazy. <laughs> and that and, and that was very early days for me putting putting things online as well. So it was um pretty pretty surreal. Yeah. It kinda shows how powerful the internet is and um but then after that, I, I had a video I put out in that just only really went big in Australia. But at least it, that was more attributed to me than just being a meme, you know?
0: <laughs> that's the, is the classic stitch-up. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's
2: right. Yeah, it's a bit of Aussie lingo. But...
1: Yeah, you're going to have to explain <laughs> that to us because we watched yeah. it. And I don't know if Aaron had the same experience, but I didn't get it.
0: <laughs> i watched it twice and i was like i don't know if i understand what's happening <laughs> it's very aussie like it's it's just kind of um prank it's it just
2: means like pranking someone basically i guess like ashton kutcher like you've been punked or whatever you know like, <laughs> yeah but um yeah i was like it was i that was another thing where I, I didn't expect i just put it out thinking a few people would see it but the the power of social media traveled so quickly, yeah. But
0: yeah, I I, I want to ask you. I have a question about the corn row. Uh, listening to corn <laughs> video. Yeah, um, I watched the whole video. Um, <laughs> did you do that in one take, or did you do that on multiple takes? Oh, um, one take. It was, everything
2: is very low-fi. What I do, it's very.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you nailed it that first take.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well. It was it was funny because I I just had the hairstyle my partner p- partner at the time was doing the um like braiding African hairstyles and then so she did that for me and then it was like or I I think I put a post up saying what what should I do like something silly and then someone just said that like eat eat some corn while you're eating corn and I said what if I also play corn you know like this just as many silly things as I can and yeah I think it was. It didn't really deserve my name to be get attributed to it. So I, yeah, probably got what I deserved. But I didn't think <laughs> I was going to go around the world as a meme. Yeah.
1: Did it uh, hurt to get the cornrows put in?
2: It does actually. Yes, and yeah. um, I haven't had it since. I've had a lot of different <laughs> hairstyles over the years.
1: Yeah. Do you currently have the the wild mullet going on?
2: Yeah, yeah, I do. I've had that for a long time now, but um. I had um dreads at one point because I was uh um when I was obsessed with less than J. I was I wanted to be like Roger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I I also had ill-advised white dreads. <laughs> Dyed black. Yeah,
2: well that's um I was gonna say everything yeah, talking about like corn and stuff, it's funny because everything yeah. comes back to new metal and less than J. But yeah, I wanted
1: that
2: <laughs> I wanted my dreads to look like that. And also I don't know if you know um like Jay from Friends or Ron. Kind of Ron. It's kinda like punk guy dreads, you know. But um I went along to this hairdresser and they ended up looking like corn hair because <laughs> it was they made him like you know that like pointy and sharp and going out sideways sort of dreads. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Nothing like what I had in my mind, but and also this was circa like oh four sort of thing. So it wasn't really the done thing to take photos like it is now with with so many phone cameras around. And um, you know what I mean? Do you remember that era when it was like rarer? Yeah. So I don't have any photos of it, unfortunately, because it's a pretty big thing now for performers. Um, I think rappers might have started it where um, you use like a a photo from your childhood, you know what I mean? And gets a bit of attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that that would have, even though it's not my childhood, I was like 20 or something at the time. I feel like if I had that photo of me with dreadlocks, that would, get a bit of interest for one of my live shows or something. You know? <laughs> that would be an album cover for sure. Yeah, def- definitely.
0: <laughs> so the other thing you did, so this is uh, around 2016, I think, right? 2015, when the videos yeah. we're talking about went up. You also got a lot of traction for doing Simpsons impressions as well, right?
2: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, the um the way that came about is... um comedians when they're just hanging out with each other like everyone thinks oh they must be the funniest guys but it's not true at all I know I've heard a few of your reps with the comedians on and I love it but um we there's a bit of a um there's a stigma around like trying to do jokes on each other and that like you're not supposed to do that but um so when we're hanging out with each other we more just yeah try to talk normally but also occasionally you you might just say something a bit silly or so that was my kind of thing i'd do with a few comedian friends is is um just like what if simpsons were australian sort of thing or really bad (laughs) impressions and um i think you've probably seen it there's been so many um you know when they do like different styles of animation of the simpsons and live action ones and all that sort of thing Um, Uh there's been a lot of it yeah but so we just we just did that for fun and we're like oh you know, like purposefully bad Simpsons, like oh, hi, I'm skateboard boy, and it's, you know, instead of using real names and things like that, yeah. So that's how that started. So again, it was it was the early days where I just put it up and had no idea, and yeah, it did really well. I f- I feel like it's kind of cheating, but anything with Simpsons is just this massive inbuilt audience. It's anything's gonna do well, probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can you give us? Can you can you can you uh, delight us with a your Marge oh. and Homer?
2: Oh, uh, again, this might go over your head. It's very Aussie, but I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, so Mars is like Homer. Where, where have you been all day? <laughs> and then Homer's like, I've been down at the pub. You know, it's very um, <laughs> yeah, very Aussie. That that's basically the that's the whole guy. Is just if if Simpsons were Australian, but uh, I don't know if you've seen that app where they come to Australia, but it was we're not really like that. <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I remember that. Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, close but not.
0: <laughs> so okay, so you are a ska fan? Yes, yes, massive. You discovered ska in like 1998? Is that when you discovered ska?
2: Yeah, that's right. Um, Mighty Mighty Boston's was my introduction. I'm not sure if um, that's a similar theme over there, but um, we I'm sure there was a lot of similarities. The same sort of bands that blew up there over here as well but um yeah mighty mighty boston's were huge with the impression that i get was all over our radio
0: (laughs) yeah that's the biggest 90s ska single actually here in the u.s as well yeah
2: yeah because i know from like retroactively reading the history there was sort of um bubbling underneath was kind of like no doubt sublime and um over there i mean we 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 it hadn't hit here as much, um although no doubt did did blow up with that whole tragic kingdom album here mm-hmm. but um yeah, but yeah, that for me it was my my boss zones. um so I loved it, went out um bought bought the album, which not many people did they were there was sort of the their thirst was quenched with just the single playing on the radio, but um <laughs> there was a few of us who were like yeah i wanna i wanna know more <laughs> so yeah, went and went and bought um the C D album and yeah, I loved it. It was just like you know, I, I'd been into um punk before, like um Green Day Offspring, Blink, all that sort of thing. And then um so th- it was it was like this this ma- emerging of sounds, you know, where it's like the punk and the ska and the horns and Dickie's amazing <laughs> um voice, which is a mixture of <laughs> few packs of smokes and whiskey and whatever boston accent and, yeah love it yeah
0: now you said that um th- that the warp tour also happened in 1998 warp tour started in 95 but 98's the first year it went to australia
2: yeah that's right um 98 and um i actually didn't go 98 99 i went cuz i was like really young you know i was like when so when the 98 tour came in january i was still 12 <laughs> And um, <laughs> which is very young. <laughs> I wasn't even in high I sc- uh, just starting high school. So, um, like, I-, I was, like, reading about and seeing all these punks going and it just didn't sort of, wasn't on my radar to go along. But then, yeah, 98, um, they um, Warp Tour came through and it did well and, like, sold and a lot of people went. But it was funny because once it passed through, that was when, all the bands blew up, you know, like Blink became huge. Um, Boston's were huge, quite a few of them, but they blew up afterwards. So it was kind of like, they must've really left an impression. <laughs> oh, I didn't even mean Ooh. to make that pun, <laughs> but, um, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but thinking back, it was just such a, it was great. Cause it was, we really have that um, All all those extreme sports that they brought. We have that culture here as well. It's, um, quite a lot of those bands like um, Pennywise and, and Blink already had a little bit of a, a an underground following here where they'd do a few tours um, where they really connected with that surf and skate subscene. So it, it went really well, but, yeah, it was um, really exciting. And then I went um, the next year. But in between, I went to my first ever gig. I said I was really young, but June, I believe it was June 98, my first ever music gig, so I'd just turned 13 and um i'm not sure if you heard of the living end the Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i'm familiar with them yeah 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 so they're like punky with a bit of a they had the double bass sort of a stray cats vibe
0: they Um, had a few ska songs too
2: yeah 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 and that was my um first ever show and the very first band um opening band was a ska band um from brisbane called wiseacre so yeah that's my uh very big link to scar is my first ever live band was a scar band
0: <laughs> so uh I forgot to ask where where did you grow up at? Did you grow up in Brisbane or somewhere else
2: yeah yeah that's right brisbane um it's like the third biggest city in australia so um yeah i'm I'm from brisbane yeah
0: so you saw Wiseacre and you saw Living end you were already kind of interested in scar, but then you kind of you got to see some local acts too
2: yeah, well, it was very um very small by then was sort of like yeah went went and got the boston cds and i was like oh this is cool but didn't dive in too much then i um saw this wiseacre who were great and and started getting like getting involved going to watch them in the local scene and then i was um was a local we call it community radio i'm not sure if you have that it basically like just mm-hmm. a radio station that's run by volunteers and things like, I don't know if it's college radio over there or.
0: I would say co- uh, public radio is the general term, but college radio is a form of public radio.
2: Yeah. Well, that's, it's all similar, but yeah, basically because, um, because it's a very niche subgenre, scar. So it was um the, the show over here anyway, um it was called Scar Trek, which was every Thursday night at 8 PM. So I started listening to that and then, wouldn't you know, I loved it. Wouldn't miss an episode every week, tune in, doing doing my skank in my bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. And so from there it just grew and um um I was like I said, I, I my introduction to music through like punk and stuff. So I was I was heavily into sort of the Fat Records, Epitaph. Um so got into um, like I was listening to all those bands but would would sort of um really enjoyed the mad caddies and anything with a scar edge to it yeah and eventually made my way to becoming less than jake my favorite band yeah
0: (laughs) so when you think back to that show living end and wise acres do you have any memories from that show that stick out to you (laughs) (laughs) well
2: it's uh yeah 1998 long time ago now and i was very young so they're very um vague memories I, i do have some kind of um they're just sort of like screenshots in my mind, I guess you'd call them. Where, um, but yeah, just like it's like these brand new sounds that you're hearing, and just you know, ne- like whoa, you can strum the guitar upwards. Like this is great, <laughs> and um, yeah, <laughs> um, and the sense of humour in, in the bands I lo- like. Obviously, now I'm being a comedian. I've always had a sense of humour, but that's what I've always. Loved music that's had that in the in the lyrics and the style as well, and because I th- I think a lot of that, the punk and scar and it all goes hand in hand with the similar aesthetics. You know the logos and they use a lot of the animations and cartoons. You know what I mean, like that. Yeah, um, and it yeah, and as a as a young teenager with a lot of energy, you know, you, you you're getting into skateboarding and all of that sort of. It's really in, enticing.
0: <laughs> yeah how would you describe uh, Wiseacre? What they what they sounded like, what they uh, what they look like, how they performed. Yeah, so
2: they um they had this. It was interesting because um that's one of the things about ska bands, isn't it? Is like noticing the setups and who does what. And so the singer actually played trumpet, which I thought was cool. Like playing doing both, which you don't see that often. Um. So they were a four-piece, so guitar, drums, bass, and the singer and trumpet. Um, and very, like, um, punk. They they threw in a bit of, like, rockabilly riffs and stuff, and um, the lyrics were just silly, like Australian stuff. One of their biggest, most popular songs was called Let's Go Bowling, and they just pretty much repeated Let's Go Bowling. <laughs> And, um, but it was fun. And yeah. And then they actually launched that EP. Um, the the, the show for it was actually on a 10 pin bowling alley. Like li- when I say on, literally, they put the stage on the lanes. Like, and I, I think that never happened ever again because the lanes got wrecked by people standing <laughs> on Cause you know how it's all special timber yeah. and, um, glossy. I don't know the ins and outs of 10 pin bowling, but yeah, it was, um, a, a nice, fun idea, but it, I think it cost them a lot of money and ruined it. So it was one and done for that idea. But yeah, that was another great memory.
0: Was that a cover of Let's Go Bowling song?
2: Um, I think it's just their own song, actually. But um, huh. yeah, they had a lot of sort of funny, funny ideas. That's like, so what I said. A lot of humour in the songs. And another one, another song was about the like a plumber coming coming over to their house and um to do work and sort of um seducing their partner and you know these funny humorous things like that and yeah it was unfortunately there's um there's not much of a trace of them on the internet because it just kind of um yeah I remember going to their website this you remember the n- late 90s websites like took a long time to load up and yeah <laughs> sure. yeah yeah I remember being in the message boards and chat boards and um a lot of those websites didn't didn't make it through to t- today unfortunately and if the band breaks up and isn't interested in the things being online, it, it is quite hard to to keep records of that. Unfortunately, but yeah, they were a great band, and I got to no, know them, actually become friends, and I ended up playing in their cricket team, which they had. There's like a social competition in in Brisbane for for bands, and and they entered a band, and yeah, so I was like, this is surreal. I'm, you know, because um, it's eleven aside cricket, so he. <laughs> you need m- as many people as you can. <laughs> but yeah, so that was quite fun.
0: So this whole league was different bands?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um it's like just just social obviously. I guess the equivalent of, I think um there's some softball leagues over there where band- I've okay, seen some yeah. of those punk bands playing and um yeah, but just just social, it's all for fun, not nothing serious, but um yeah, that was quite quite fun playing playing a sport with a, a with a ska band. <laughs>
0: Now, did you, did you become friends with them just by going to their shows so much or did you, how did that happen?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, went to as many shows as I could, like whenever I saw them advertise and at first, like you, you just see each other and look, you know, when they're small shows, so they'd be looking, we'd be looking at each other in the eye and then go and have a chat afterwards. And, um, yeah, got to know them like that. And I think they thought I was stalking them, but (laughs) no, nothing (laughs) serious like that, but I remember at the time um, a lot of, because obviously I was young young guys, 13, 14, so I could only go to all ages shows, but there was quite a lot at the time and they would put them in like skate parks and, and parks and things. Um, I actually remember Real Big Fish coming and, and playing in a park in Brisbane. <laughs> that was crazy, you know, because um, Real Big Fish was another one that really blew up in in. Like I said I'm sure it's the same the bands that were big there were a lot over here as well but um and I, and I I did love them at the time but I quickly grew out of real big
0: fish. <laughs> well, What kind of audience like how, how many people can do you think were at that park show?
2: Um I think there would have been a few hundred actually. Yeah, it was it was quite a big event. They were, they were very popular um which is strange cuz not not many people did delve into ska like I did and, and a few – very niche um, as a sub-genre. I, I'm sure it's the same thing where you guys probably think, like, what if these p- people who who come to, like, Real Big Fish actually looked into more bands, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> do you ever think like that? Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, like, um, the rock radio station here, like the big sort of rock commercial station, will still play the Boss tones, and I'll think – do any of these people ever think I want to look deeper into the Boston or they're just happy to keep hearing this one song, you know? <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I kind of, because I, I kind of went away from that real big fish style where, where it's kind of, it's, I, I've heard you guys talk about where it's more, so I guess rock, rock with horns, I guess,
0: Rocky with horns. Yeah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit more kind of pop punk oriented ska. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I remember um, I started to go towards um, like Bucko Nine. I love them. Um, for a period of time, the song "My Town" was actually one of my favorite songs. I love that song. But yeah, um, and but yeah, less than Jake, they became my, I became obsessed with them. <laughs> I think it's a bit of a running theme on your show. There's a becomes a point to talk about less than Jake, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I think less than Jake comes up a lot. Real big fish comes up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Park. Wh- or were you a fan of Skank and Pickle and Asian Man Records?
2: No, I didn't actually. Um, it, it, it's very, it's hard to kind of cover too much territory. Um, I, I didn't actually go delve that deep, but um, mainly, yeah, Less J, Bucko 9, um, Mad Caddies, that sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, a good way to find out about bands too is, is when another band obviously does a cover and um, one of the, one of the Australian band Scar bands that got the biggest. They were called Area Seven. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure if you heard them, but they had um, yeah, a, yeah. They had a few cover songs like B sides that made me check out bands. So um, one of their early EPs, they had "Healthy Body, Sick Mind" by Op Ivy. So that made me look into Op Ivy, and then they had a um, "Hey Scar" by Suicide Machines, which made me look into them. So that was a really good way to look in, into other bands as well, and then the compilation cd was obviously massive back then so
1: what comps do you remember having well
2: like i said my my sort of area was more of the the fat wreck epitaph sure so there wasn't a huge amount of scar on that but there was like you sort of like your mad caddies and then uh rancid and no effects had had scar touches to them obviously and um yeah but then uh, and also burning hard had some like squ- Swedish scar bands and things um mm. yeah, but that was, I actually blame those c d compilations for for making me quite a lazy music finder because <laughs> you know it was crazy as like for for ten bucks or whatever you had, oh sorry, um twenty twenty thirty sort of bands all all doing a song each and. Yeah, it, it was just so easy to like not have to look outside of those labels. Sure. That um it's it's made me quite a um lazy listener.
0: <laughs> so you kind of have like the labels curate your music interest for you.
2: Yeah. And and it made me realise over the years, I remember um the the talk of sort of some of those labels being so powerful and them deciding who who gets to be big and that, and, and I didn't really understand what it meant and and now I do where I realise if you could get on those it, it was this kind of like a key to to getting quite um well known and popular because it it was like they they did have the power a lot of those labels
1: <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
2: and um cuz I actually found out um when I said lazy music find so like now I'll just i have my favorite acts and so one of my favorite bands is well no i should i say one of they are is the mountain goats and that's how i found out about you guys from the john darnell app
0: <laughs> oh yeah you, you you're like oh he's he's doing a sky interview i gotta check this out
2: yeah yeah so um but i'm I'm glad i did because yeah it's it's awesome i love it i I've listened to everything since i'm and i'm going backward to the previous stuff and catching up but um and he's there a uh, another reason why i'm quite lazy cuz they have so much material that you end up like following everything they've released <laughs> um there's no room for any other bands
0: <laughs> yeah cuz he's 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 doing like two or three albums a year now
2: yeah oh it's crazy I, I can't keep i used to would make sure that i would get whatever he puts out or they put out but i can't keep up now <laughs> it's just crazy yeah yeah
0: so um when you were uh, when you were first getting into ska and punk uh, I, I was listening to an interview and you talked about how you used to be an avid stage diver
2: oh that's right yeah um i <laughs> oh, actually so i went through different stages in life so when i first went along i loved it because i was this young fellow very f- fit <laughs> flexible it's easy when you're young and fit you know and i actually remember that warp 99 um, 'cause cuz um it it was just before all these new safety rules came in because we had a tragic incident at a big festival with Limp Biscuit. There was a, there was a death, and which is really sad.
0: What what happened? Was it from stage diving? Uh, it was
2: more the the crush, so similar to kind uh, of wood. Uh, what is it? The uh, wood Woodstock, sorry. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was really tragic. A, a young girl um, passed away just from the crush. So. And they really cracked down on after that um, safety at um, festivals and, and big events. But I remember – so, Warp 99, um, I remember being – people used to bring in, like, a bodyboard, you know, the, and, and they'd get people to stand on it. And I remember, like, standing – and I'm this really young, like, small 13-year-old child, but I'm being held up by these – punks and surfers and everything on this bodyboard so like that was another very vivid memory of I've got. it was like pennywise are playing and yeah i'm this young fella being held up by, by a bodyboard um but yeah i was really into it and then a few years later going through my as we do in life experimental years and you start finding out about things i had this strange period where i hated people that were crowd surfing so i was like anti which now I've grown out of, but it was, yeah, it was just like, I, I was like, why, why do they, you know, why do they think we, we have to hold them up and all, you know, this like, <laughs> and now I've grown out of that and I'm just making up for lost years and doing it as much as I can. You, so you're doing it now again? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've, um, <laughs> I'm making up for lost years, yeah. So I was actually, um, there was a festival, uh, the biggest uh, music fest here is called Splendour in the Grass. It has like. 30,000 or forty, you know, one of those massive, huge ones. And um, there's actually the biggest radio station here, Triple J, got this video of me. Um, and I, I was up there. It just went – it felt like it went forever. It actually went for a minute. I was crowd-serving. But a minute is a long time to be held up, right? Yeah. And, and I was, like, passed around. It's almost like you'd – I don't know if you've seen that home – Homer Simpson being passed around. <laughs> it felt like that because I, I started at the front and got moved like all the way back and then did like a lap of, yeah. I'll send it to you guys if I can find him. It was pretty crazy. but <laughs> Yeah, so it's just been, um, it's pretty surreal. Yeah, now that I've, I've made it through those uh, cr- crazy exper- experimental years where I was against it. I'm making up for lost years now.
0: <laughs> Why were you against it? Did it feel like it was infringing on uh, the crowd? Yeah, well...
2: Like I said, looking when you look back on on younger years and some experimental things, you, you're not really sure. You just because I, I started um, looking into like political things, and um, I even tried. I had a couple. I almost made it to two years of, of vegetarianism, but I'm making up for it now. But <laughs> 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 a lot, a lot of my jokes about sort of eating fast food and and bad food and stuff. But um, so people that would shock. People here, who, if they heard that, but um, yeah, I was you know like getting into like Pennywise, what they were talking about, and it makes you delve in deeper. And I'd watching all the Michael Moore docos and whatever, no effects, and all. I think I think I just read something because you know how in the punk the sub scenes of punk, how you've got sort of straight edge and and whatever and all yeah. of that, and I think I was reading about just sort of um going along to shows and and. Um, not ex. You shouldn't have to be sort of pushed around or expect to, copper kick in the head or, or something like that. Which, actually, I like. I say I do. I have gotten back into it, but I am very wary. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a huge man, but I, I am a bit overweight. So I am. I, I will sort of look to see where the audience I'm going to jump into. If 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 I think they can um, <laughs> handle a, a large man jumping into them. So yeah, it. it I still do believe that it is good to to look at and think about, and I, I try and think where my feet are as well, so I'm not um, going to boot someone in the head. I, I think that's all important. Still, yeah.
1: Have you ever been dropped?
2: Yes, yeah. That that is um. <laughs> so that that's another element of the safety. Not just the other people. You it, it can be unsafe yourself as sure. the surfer as well. Yeah, I've had um, I've had like quite a few times where it's, it's going great. You're being held up, and then for whatever reason i don't know if the people just give up or you get moved to a a section where they're not quite as strong and you you can just go head first straight into the the floor which isn't great so i probably should um ease up on it a bit (laughs) (laughs) and the other thing is scar too is is like used to get into a bit of the skanking back in the day which was great you know i don't i don't know you know you're not skanking anymore no, that's I've retired the skanking boots, unfortunately. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Should bring it back. It's fun.
2: Well, also, you know, like I said, my sort of sub sub scene of Scar was was the co- kind of like the less than Jake Mad K's. It, it didn't quite match up. Oh, I shouldn't. You know, some of the some of the songs it does work. But <laughs> well,
0: what is it about Less Than Jake that uh, they became your favorite band?
2: It is interesting. Yeah, I say because like, I I have thought about it a lot over the years, and um, I think it's just
0: perfect for
2: um, like I don't really want to make it a gender thing. I get, I, sh- I could say any teenage or young person, but I think in particular, like a young boy, young teenage male, you, you like just really really connect with with the the sound and the lyrics, you know? It's like, and and looking back, they do kind of um, blend in together. There's a lot of like moving out of a boring town and. <laughs> Yeah, me and my friends used to joke about it like, oh, my favourite track, Less Than Jake track, it's the one about the moving out of a boring town, you know. <laughs> but um, it's like that doesn't really narrow it down. But, but yeah, it just it's so – um, every, like I was saying about the, the look of it too, you know, you've got all the, the animations and the logos and it just all – because I remember like I hadn't even seen the band when I, I first got Hello Rock View and I was just like – this, these cartoons just look great, you know, and it's got the comic book inside and and it's the kind of not super fast, like hardcore or anything, but it's that fast enough that just really um, connects with with a teenager. <laughs> and, um, and then, yeah, like it, I did, I really obsessed with them. I became um, actually one of their tours, I, um, it was only three nights in a row, but I really shouldn't have done it because like I didn't get any sleep or anything but i like watched them then drove to the next like followed them three cities in a row and um yeah it was actually very unsafe i shouldn't <laughs>
0: well, what what were the three cities and how far apart were they
2: so um the it was the three biggest australian cities so it's it started in melbourne and then it moved to sydney and then brisbane and they're all about they're roughly like 11 hours drive apart.
0: Oof. Oh, my God. Yeah. So there was a lot of <laughs> driving
2: through the night and uh, not much sleep. And, yeah, it, was, it wasn't good. I, I'm not proud of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're all probably on a bus with a driver who's sleeping during the day. You are enjoying the show and then driving all night to the next one.
2: Yeah. And it like it was very much when you're obsessed with things, you you don't really think like carefully about things I, I i didn't really like they were great shows and but it's it was still kind of like one or even two max would have been enough but it was this it was in my mind it was like oh i love this band they're my favorite i i can't miss i can't miss any of when they're here and you know you know that kind of thinking like <laughs>
1: well sure i mean they're they're also you know coming all the way to australia may as, may as well catch all three shows who knows yeah. when you get to see them again.
2: and uh, it was like um i was really obsessed with them and i was just like whoa i can't believe they're here and yeah and like that i was like when they arrived i'm like i wonder what they're doing right now and (laughs) this very strange sort of um (laughs) obsession yeah and um yeah like but it was awesome it was like they're they're great like yeah i was just like it confirmed everything that i'd thought like they were um Uh, I loved them on the record and loved them live. So it was just really um, like I couldn't believe I'm I'm there watching it. It was so good.
1: (laughs) So one thing that bands do when they come over to Australia is they get these posed photos with koalas. Have you seen these?
2: Yeah, well, that's actually the koala sanctuary is in Brisbane where I live, Lone Pine. So we do have all these photos of um, some quite interesting different celebs and artists and things that have been there. You get like Slipknot or something like <laughs> in their masks, posed with um, yeah, koala, and it's it's not too far from where I live actually, and I actually have I've been there a few times, but it's that thing of when you know something is there, you don't kind of rush out to it because like, oh, I could go to that any time, and yeah, I actually haven't been there that many times, but I do love a lot of the the Australian animals, and I like lo- I like the I like a lot of the ones that, that don't get as much. You know, like everyone knows about kangaroos and koalas. I-, I like the sort of
1: wombats and give us the cult uh, animals. Yeah, what are the underground animals?
2: Yeah. Oh, wombat! You, you got to find out about wombats. They've got this um, at at their at their butt. I guess you could say it's like a hard plate. So it's like their enemies run into it. That's their <laughs> yeah. which just pretty cool. Like they use that as a defensive thing. Um, I'd love to have like just a hard bum to keep my enemies away. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> uh so they're pretty cool. Um emus, I don't know if you know much about emus. They're this, they're like a like an ostrich.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, familiar with that. And uh a bit of a self plug here, but I've I've got this thing coming out in the new year. Um it's like a, a web series called Emu Wars, which is a it's a comedy we made, but um it's an actual thing that happened like a, about a hundred years ago. Whether the Australian Army had to take on emus because there was too many of them, and uh, the popular sort of story or joke is that the emus won—they beat the armies. <laughs> 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 yeah, they're still there. Keep an eye on. The, yeah, it's still standing. and and the actual yeah. And another funny thing about that is there's um, the one we made, which is a, a low budget independent, but there's also apparently in the works a big budget one. So everyone thinks that's what. We were working on, but we weren't that's got like John Cleese from um what is it faulty towers and um Monty Python and yeah, I think Jim Jeffries is attached it's crazy, it's like big budget, and we were like eating sandwiches for lunch and <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> what about um so the one of my favorite uh animal stories related to Australia is the cane toads,
2: oh yes, yeah, um, so there. I again I feel like everything come back to where I live but yeah they're re- only really here in Queensland so they were brought so um the dung beetle was brought to sort of uh put on farms to deal with cow poo mm-hmm. <laughs> Is that the right word? Do you guys yes. say poo or yeah. you can say manure. <laughs> I don't know if that's an poo. Aussie word or yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feces whatever. Anyway, or dung, yeah, dung is it. Anyway, <laughs> So the dung beater was bought to deal with cow dung and then um, then they took over and got out of hand. So they brought in cane toads to deal with them who then got out of hand <laughs> and we don't know what to do now. Now they're just everywhere and they're really disgusting. Like I used to have this um, night shift job. I was a taxi driver working through the night and I would come home and there was just toads everywhere jumping around in my front door and I hate them. They're disgusting. And I'm just like, I might just wait in my car until they go. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but people have all these like suggestions of how to deal with them. They're like, Oh, you can hit them with a golf club. And the, the, the worst one, this, this is a real, th- I'm not making this up. This is a real thing. People say is catch them, put them in your freezer and they'll explode. And it's all wow. like, okay. <laughs> yeah. But this is the thing. People say that, but then it's like, okay, that's the, okay, you've killed them, but you've also got an exploded toad in your freezer. You know, I've, I feel like they haven't thought that far ahead. They're just thinking about the killing part, not anyway. But yeah, I've never done that.
1: That seems like awful cleanup. <laughs> Cleaning up frozen dead toad guts. No, thank you.
2: And, and the funny thing about that too is like, that's how they got into that trouble is, is not thinking about the next stage. It's always just, how do we get rid of this problem? And then the next problem comes along. There's yeah. quite a lot of um yeah, there's quite a lot of introduced animals here. We've had that problem, rabbits was another one where they just took over. Yeah.
0: There's a documentary about cane toads. I can't I don't I don't know if it's called cane toads, like it's been a long time, but yeah. It basically documents this whole everything that Aaron just talked about. And yeah, uh, it is like I, I encourage anyone to find it and watch it. It is amazing how fast the cane toads take over so fast yeah, yeah. they just like much faster than the dung beet the dung uh what was it dung
2: yeah dung beetle that's right yeah yeah
0: yeah much faster than the, the the animal they were they were brought to take care of
2: yeah and also like a lot worse because the dung beetle just keep to themselves or they just hang out in cow poo <laughs> yeah like, to- toads are like <laughs> killing pet dogs because they Touch them and eat them, and they're like covered in poison. It just really, yeah, they they don't offer much good. More negative.
0: <laughs> so when you were introduced to ska, you know, through Mighty Mighty Bostones, did did you think of ska sort of as like this American thing?
2: Yeah. So um, that that's that's the interesting thing is is delving into it because when you're introduced to that that style, obviously, Bostones have the 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 punk and the the different elements, and then you start to find out. Um by reading articles and things that they're inspired by the specials and the, the two tone British. So you start looking into that and um and then I start I did start like looking a little bit into reggae a little bit, but um I I tried to join the the or join sounds a bit official and weird, but finding out about the Brisbane reggae scene. So I met a few people through that. But it just um it's it's a bit awkward as a white guy, <laughs> but um, so been like really nice people, but um, yeah, that that's the um the social part of it does does make it did make it hard um to be in the Scar scene too because it was very niche. So I was um like I loved the sound of Scar and and the Scar bands, but trying to get my friends into it who were who were more just the straight up punk was was difficult. So I was going along to local ska shows generally by myself which is um you know you enjoy watching the band and love it and then but you want to like chat with someone in between bands it can get a bit lonely in between bands if you know what i mean yeah (laughs) so you do have to have if if you're in a small scene have have quite thick skin and and especially if you're um yeah, I'm I'm quite socially awkward, which people can't believe. They're like, "Well, how'd you get into comedy if you're shy and socially awkward?" But it it is this weird phenomenon with comedians too, where you could you just it's more that you're a, you think you're a funny person, not that like I really want to be on stage and and seen and you know what I mean? Totally. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I had that conundrum of the social awkwardness. I feel like I'm not answering your question. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I do trail off a bit. Um, but yeah, so looking into further um, for Scar, I def- definitely did sort of um, read. I, I had that thirst to try and look into it more and, and read about it and um, find out more. And and um, But like I said, I was also very lazy as well with sort of, um, and this, you have to remember like late 90s and that you, you mostly had to, to purchase to, to get your sounds as well.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't until a couple of years later that you could just download everything. And
2: Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, like, that's why I'm, I'm only half joking when I say I, I blame the compilations and that because you, you can only sort of go as far as your funds allowed you to. And yeah. I did purchase a lot of music, but yeah, when you're... Like back then, oh, I don't know how the prices matched up to there, but we we were paying like twenty twenty five to thirty dollars for an album, like a CD, um,
0: which is like there was huge markups on the CDs. And was that like an import issue, or is that for local stuff too?
2: That's that was just normal, yeah. So I, I remember, um, Fat Records had the like they were made a priority to keep their things cheap. They had this sticker on the front that would say do not pay over $20 cuz to try and stop shops sort of price price gouging going over too much but yeah it was crazy thinking back they they um must have made huge amounts of money on CDs you know
1: well and the worst thing about that was you you know if you're buying something sight unseen and then you take it home and you don't like it you've just spent $25 30 on something that you aren't into
2: yeah and also, that's that's why when you did trust a band and and knew you were going to love whatever they put out, that's why you you would become very um, loyal to that that mm-hmm. band and just like yeah, hone in on sort of five to ten bands that you love
1: and <laughs> <laughs> just keep keep buying their their records.
2: Oh, absolutely! Like, and I, and I became obsessed with Lesson J. I got so much like vinyl and stuff too. I I don't know if you you've probably seen like the crazy shapes and that they have. I had. Mm-hmm. I had um a cheese shape one for the that song Cheese that they have. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was cool. There was a
0: Did you have the Python? Did you have that one?
2: Yes, I did. Um for um and I had Hello Rock View, which was like seven jukebox style singles, like one mm-hmm. song each side. Um a birthday cake one. That was cool. Yeah. They were like that's what I mean. Like, like the music was great too, but it was uh, everything that went along with it. You're just like, oh, everything's so cool about this band. Like, the look of it and the and the sound and yeah.
0: <laughs> Your first show was, um, you know, Wiseacre and Living End. So it was a lo- It was Australian bands, but yeah. When did you really kind of understand that there was, you know, a Australian ska scene, if you will, local bands?
2: Um. Yeah. So like i said started going um to see wiseacre as much as i could but there wasn't really a brisbane ska scene apart from them um that were the main ska band there might yeah. have been a couple of others and then just the punk bands would have their sort of ska tinges to some of their songs um but then i did start finding out about the bands down south so um melbourne had a pretty strong scene um they, there was a couple of compilations that I got of, um, so Melbourne's in a state called Victoria. So it was called, um, Victorian Scar. There was two different CD compilations. Um, that's where the band Area 7, they were from there. Um, so yeah, I started really following Area 7. They became like a favorite band. Um, and they were great at first. They were very, like very close Scar, sort of, um, touches of madness and, um, that sort of thing. And um and then they gradually became rock rock with horns and <laughs> mm-hmm. um um like you know looking back and reflecting you, you don't you can some things kind of can make you cringe a bit like lyrics and things like nothing bad or anything just they um you know that kind of um they have this one track called second class citizen and it's very like oh government get off you know kind of like green day american idiot you know that entry level mm-hmm. politics sort of thing where yeah I mean it's fine, like everyone starts somewhere, but it's just that like damn government, get off my case, sort of thing. if you read the lyrics, <laughs> they just don't really hold up well, mm-hmm. you know it's it's quite funny, um if anyone wants to look um have a bit of a giggle, look up area seven second class citizen lyrics, and but they were like they were a cool band, but yeah, it d- doesn't hold up the lyrics that well, but um, like I said, nothing bad either there, there's not like cancel cancel culture thing, but um, yeah. So Area 7 got into them. Um, another one is the Porkers. Or they're like a legendary Australian band. They've been going since the 80s, and um, they're awesome as well. And um, gotten to know the singer Pete a bit over the years. Great, great guy as well. And There's a
0: funny story about Pete. They, so he's, he's come back and forth to the U.S. Uh, I don't know how many times, but my first ska show I ever went to was in 92 uh, at, at a place called One Step Beyond. I uh, saw so Skank and Pickle. Pete and I are Facebook friends, and uh, he f- I found out that he was at that show, too, because he was uh, in town visiting, and so he, he went to as many ska shows as he could while he was in town. Oh, that's nice, yeah. Yeah, so he was at my first ska show ever. So I, like, I love
2: hearing about those genuine moments that are, you know, where people say, like, oh, it's a small world.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I like when they're genuinely moments like that, that actually it's a small world, because... Here you get people like, oh, I was in London and I ran into an Aussie. It's like, <laughs> because apparently, you know, there's a big expat community there. That's not that big of a, it's a small world. When you say something like that. What was like, really
0: interesting was he told me this in, on Facebook and then he, he said, I took photos that show. And uh, so he sent me photos, which was really cool. It wasn't like there was photos of me or him in them, but it was yeah. cool to see this show that was like really monumental to me because it was just a memory. But then to actually see like documentation of the show was yeah. very, very surreal.
2: Yeah, and and he's great because he's, he's you can tell he's genuinely loves you know he's because over the years there's been that kind of accusations of of bandwagon. I've I've heard it discussed a lot. You know the yeah uh, especially with the Scar Explosion of, of mid nineties. But to not like for me to know what Australia is like and and to know that he was doing it in the late eighties and which. There's it can be a bit of a culture of of not welcoming very like strange or unusual subgenres or sounds, you know, and and he's actually from a, a sm- quite a small town, not tiny, but a smaller city too, Newcastle. So yeah, like he's genuine, and and they've got they're a great band as well, yeah. So yeah,
0: they're really good. They're probably I would say I would say they're probably the most known Australian band, ska band in the U.S. Yeah. I feel like they must have had like a moon records. I'm not, I'm not positive on this, but I feel like maybe they distributed their record. Mm.
2: Well, it's funny cause um, it's just, it is really hard. Here. You gotta, you gotta be doing it for the love of it. Cause obviously yeah. Scar, lots of members, that's obvious. And then very niche subgenre here too. So they've, they've sort of had this stops and starts over the years. I think I, I see them pop up still every now and then they, um, reunion shows and things, but it is a lot of band member changes and, um, yeah, but, and he had his record label. I think he might've
0: stopped that as well, but, um. do you, Are you, so are you familiar with the Resignators?
2: Yeah, yeah. They're, they're from Melbourne as well. Um, I, do, I never, I didn't get into them, but, um, yeah, the main Australian ones for me was, was, I was big into Area 7 at the time and, and they were probably in terms of, um, like Porkers are more sustained, just sort of bubbling under the, under the un sort of kind of underground bubbling that whole time. But Area Seven were the biggest, just kind of ever getting the pop charts and that. I think. Yeah, they had a um, a song that was kind of on the pop charts called "Nobody Likes a Bogan," which I don't know if you've heard
0: the word <laughs> "bogan." No, what's a bogan?
2: Well, I was thinking about telling you guys this and trying to think of a comparison, and I don't think "Redneck" is a fair. That's more because rednecks kind of bad connotation bogans just kind of like um outer suburbs sort of a bit rough um okay a rural person do you know eastbound and down yeah you know that um that kind of
0: yeah but it's not it's not a negative, doesn't have a negative connotation
2: not not necessarily it's it's not really supposed to no not so that's why i thought redneck isn't probably a, a great comparison but that kind of vibe yeah yeah, I'll, also, I'll I'll link you to it or something. But yeah, if you look at it, this, so it's it's kind of cool in that that's that's the most I would say, and uh, as a very scar song has, has gotten into the charts and it didn't go like right to the top, but yeah,
0: um, yeah, it got it you got on the radio, yeah,
2: yeah, and and um they went very sort of like rock almost rock with horns. I've heard you guys call it before, like that <laughs> kind of real big fish style, and yeah. <laughs>
0: The the Resignators' um, fun fact about them is that their guitarist Steve Douglas was in the first version of Guar. Oh, cool! Yes, he's like the, I think the original guitarist of Guar.
2: <laughs>
0: so he ha- he's a ska so it's a ska band with Guar roots, which is uh, not typically how it works.
2: Yeah, it's I think because um, the logistics here it's it's so hard, and the cities are very spread out and. Small population and I, I I was trying to think of I'd love to give you um more of an in-depth history, but um yeah, basically Porkers, Area Seven, um and Resignators and um uh there's a few couple of bands before my time in the eighties, um the All Niners, Strange Tenants. Yeah. Um
0: I looked up those bands and they're very, very two tone very clearly influenced by two tone scar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah they, yeah, they have the sound. They have the look. Yeah, they were, they were, but they it seemed like they were pretty popular in the eighties. Yeah.
2: And in in Australia, um, comedy has the same thing where it took a long time to find our own voice because we're a mm-hmm. British British colony. So there um, was very just whatever's going on in England, we would try and replicate our own version of, and um, yeah. And and also, like like I said about the for me late nineties and you can only deal with the environment you're in with CDs and things is the same thing about I, I think back to like eighties and nineties and whatever and like the time it would have taken for styles and fashions to come across like there's this funny um, there's this article I read about um, Jello Biafra from Dead Kennedys coming here and and it was, it's even little things like talking about crowd serving and that, like he went to jump from the stage and nobody here knew what was going on and they just moved and he just like hit the, hit the ground. <laughs> so it's like that mustn't have, I don't know, like maybe they weren't, they were, they were seeing punk audio, hearing audio of punk, but not seeing mosh pits and whatever from, from punk videos. Huh. You know? <laughs> yeah. So things like that. And it's the same thing with, yeah, those, um, 80s Australian ska bands would have pr- only have probably gotten specials and Two Tones vinyls, I guess. Yeah.
0: So Australia uh, for bands that are either touring to Australia or Australian bands, it's a very big country. Very uh, the cities are spread out pretty far.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I've heard. Um, so it was, it was interesting um, hearing um, one of your apps. I think it was Against All Authority, and when they talked about how sort of in California where you can do a bunch of shows really close and then it it was harder in some other states. And so that's what Australia is like is, is those. They're from
0: Florida. Florida, they had to, yeah, it's a very long distance. The East Coast in general, like New York and Philadelphia, those are all very close together, yeah. Yeah, but
1: they're driving all the way up from Miami. And yeah, just to get out of that state is a whole
0: long drive. So in Australia, it's like a whole bunch of that.
1: Yeah,
2: well, like I've done a lot of, road trips driving like like the crazy lesson jake um stalking to it <laughs> and um generally it's yeah each capital is um minimum 11 hours drive and th- and that's like you know <laughs> if you're crazy and just stopping for petrol and toilet and i usually i usually say 12 hours because you you want to have stretch your legs and <laughs> get something to eat and drink too so yeah tw- generally 12 hours all the capital cities are um by road and then um you know you can get a
0: 2 hour flight as well but yeah it's not i usually do road trips so when bands come to australia do they usually hit up like just the main cities or do they do longer stay longer in australia
2: yeah i i've it's funny to see when when bands come the some of the cities out west adelaide and perth there's always They'll always complain. Why don't you come in here? And they have to sort of, you know, in the comments section say, "Oh, be as diplomatic as they can." But they, oh, it just wasn't feasible on this <laughs> financially. Yeah, because it's like Perth is so isolated. It's um, that's actually I've never been out of Australia, but that's my biggest flight I've had in my life, and that was five hours. But it's um, I would never drive there because I'm would be scared of like my car breaking down because you can just go like five or six hours of desert where there's just no towns. It's just so isolated, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And um yeah, it's like logistics is a big part, I think, where it makes it hard to have scar here and um yeah, just because um, it is a, a, a quite a niche subgenre and then you have to have seven, eight people, don't you <laughs> as well?
0: It seems like in general, being in a band would be um, challenging in Australia. Oh yeah, for the very reason that you're talking about.
2: I I have a lot of um, friends in bands and muso friends, and I always joke to them. I say, "How how do you guys stay together? Like, I can't even keep my act together, and it's one person. Like, you know." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why um, it's interesting. Like even listening to your guests, the the comedians you've had, and. and there's some similarities of comedy and music, but then some some very major differences. And I, I love not having to um take gear around. Usually I just usually take a backpack of some merchandise sometimes, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely the yeah. best part about being a comedian. Yeah.
2: Not logging <laughs> not knowing <Logan> gear. <laughs> yeah. You don't you don't take a microphone or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So you um you did a thing, I think, a few years ago where you were visiting all the Sanity stores that were still around. We don't have Sanity, but can you explain what Sanity is? Yeah, well, I guess it's um, it was a CD and DVD shop that was massive in
2: the 90s. And, you know, it, basically like Blockbuster. Not blo- like Blockbuster you hire, but Sanity you would purchase. But, I mean, it's like Blockbuster in that it was phased out because people aren't buying or cds or dvds now but you do they're gradually um closing them down as well but um yeah i just thought it'd be funny to take a photo standing in front of them because a lot of people didn't realize they still existed and it was like you know if you went to a small town and you found a blockbuster you'd think this this is pretty strange and cool isn't it you know (laughs) yeah and it just grew from there yeah
1: is it kind of a thrill to be able to go into these shops now and just be able to buy whatever cuz it's all been discounted?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um it's it just creates discussion cuz everyone's like you know, people have their theories they are like I think people too many people have watched breaking bad and things like that cuz everyone's like oh, it must be a front for something like channeling money <laughs> you know. But I I think the the real explanation's a bit more like Simpler, where it's just maybe the internet's not as good in those areas because they're they're mainly in regional towns, small regional towns, and yeah, outer of suburbs of cities too, like old old shopping malls, you know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I just have the you, know, the, I just use the 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 social media as much as I can. So any, any, I have a few of those little series going with just silly photos, and I, I have this other one going where um. I, like if I meet a celeb here like usually a lot of sports athletes and things i'll what it whatever they're known for i'll you know I'll say like I'll add me in to it where I'll say like say say they're a football player that scored a thousand points and I'll say a thousand points between us you know but they're just just silly little things but <laughs> <laughs> my theory is just use use the socials like a lot of people make fun of them and a lot of performers and artists, but you know, it's a free thing that allows you to to get your your act out there. You know, and it helps.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you still do it, or for you did some stuff with Vice.
2: Yeah, yeah, Vice Australia. Um, I've I've done a few things that are like the offshoots, the Australian offshoot of of American things. So I don't know if that's counts. If I can, like, I did <laughs> something with Comedy Central as well, but because yeah. they they try and come out here. And then they quickly find that our small population is like, why is there only a thousand people watching these things? Like they think I suck, which I do, but <laughs> but no, but it's like, it's also the population, you know what I mean? Because they're thinking what a success is over there mm-hmm. and trying to match it. Yeah. And we're like 20 million people or something. We're like pretty much less people here than California or something, you know? And But yeah, so Vice, I got to do a few things there. Um, They call it branded content where, which is basically it's just a nicer name than advertising but (laughs) basically (laughs) companies pay well you know like because the old ad like the old style of an ad people will quickly pick up on right and just be like i don't want to be told what to buy so then this new modern idea is to sort of like they send me along to a factory and do a tour of it so the company has paid for it and it's not like buy our product but it's it's getting that brand name out there so yeah it's
0: it's made it look like it's a documentary or that you you have decided this is an important uh, company to profile
2: yeah that's right so um one of them was an ice cream ice cream bar factory which is cool um
0: Ma- maxi buns
2: yeah yeah that's right it's it's half uh we call biscuit i guess you guys are called cookie um yeah and half mm-hmm. the other sides like chocolate ice cream and yeah, and um, that was pretty fun. Another one was um, this will this will be a weird Aussie thing for you. Um, chicken salt, so it's like salt that's got chicken flavouring in it. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah.
0: Is that popular?
2: It, it actually is. Yeah, we, we um, people love it on hot chips here, and um, yeah.
1: It's not vegan, is it? <laughs> well,
2: that's the funny thing. It actually it actually is because wow. it doesn't. Um, it's yeah. It's it's all just.
1: It's all just chemicals
2: yeah yeah <laughs> it's <all just>
0: like, <laughs> does it actually taste like chicken though
2: uh th- that's debatable but like <laughs> <laughs> if if you you know like a lot of flavored things it's it's quite debatable whether the, you know like crisp you have some crisp flavors that are they called like barbecue or something it's like this this isn't barbecue you know
0: <laughs> i wanted to uh i wanted to run past you some more foods more aussie foods and you can just tell everybody what they are sure um Tim Tams.
2: Well, Tim Tams is a. It's basically chocolate, but it's yeah, like a chocolate. It's like a little rectangle, um piece of chocolate, but it's and but it's like crunchy as well. But yeah, okay. And, uh, very Moorish. Um, I can finish a packet quite easily.
0: <laughs> okay, there's something called fairy bread.
2: So fairy bread is like a piece of piece of bread that has. Like the little little bits of um, colored dots, we call them hundreds and thousands. I don't know if you got that there, but
0: I think we just call them sprinkles.
2: Yeah, so yeah, it's basically that. (laughs) Very um, but you only really see it—you'd see it at children's parties and up to like the age of five or six, and then you don't see it anywhere else.
0: It doesn't have butter too, bread. Yeah, yeah. Sprinkles. It's not
2: not the healthiest thing around.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What about uh, burger rings? So burger
2: rings are just like, a, uh, we call them like, I guess, chips or crisps, like, a, you know, like a pack you open up and it's a snack and mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like a shape, of, obviously a ring, <laughs> like an onion ring, but yeah, it's just crunchy, like a che- Cheeto, I guess you have there, Cheetos or?
1: Yes. Yeah. So burger rings, w- would those go well inside of a Whopper? <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I. I um, when my sister comes back because she lives over there, um, she always brings Reeses for me, which I love. That's my
1: favorite. You guys don't have Reeses over there?
0: No, we don't. No, oh,
1: that's weird.
0: So most people in this country uh, at my age have heard of Vegemite because of the Men at Work song, but I don't know. <laughs> That very many people here know what
1: Vegemite is. Aaron, have you never had ve- Vegemite? I have not ever had Vegemite. What? I have I have some Vegemite I can hook you up with. Sonny from Del Santo sent it to me. I actually hate it. I hate it. But um,
2: I'll, I'll get kicked out of this country because a lot of people like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did this tour for school. It's funny. To a, to a beer brewery. And they told us how. And that's another funny thing that a school took us there. I, I think they should investigate that teacher who decided that. <laughs> but... They told us about like the, the yeast that they don't like, the the you know, the yeast to make beer. So whatever they don't use or something gets taken to you, get used by Vegemite. So it's this weird kind of, oh. it's like an offshoot product of another product, which is quite funny. Yeah. Nothing gets wasted here.
0: <laughs> what does it taste like? Uh, and Adam, feel free to uh, enter the conversation.
2: <laughs> oh, Vegemite. It's just, it's sour. Like it's... Imagine, I can't even describe it. Like putting on like a a jam or a peanut butter that's just really bitter and sour. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Aaron, try to imagine like a one steak sauce, like <laughs> cooked down, and then and then you spread that on toast, and that's uh-huh. pretty a pretty good estimate. I mean, it's very meaty tasting to me.
2: I was just thinking about because um, you've had a few comedians on and, and Scar and. Like the the connections of scar to comedy, so the Bostones, like seeing them in the Clueless movie was a big one for me, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, a, a few few different things like that. I know um, Roger from Less Than Jake, I think he was a big Mitch Hedberg fan as well, so that was a great for me. It was like, oh, that's awesome! Like one of my heroes, liking one of my other because Mitch Hedberg's my favorite comedian.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> what's your favorite Mitch Hedberg bit?
2: Oh, it'd have to be um, the Pringles tennis, tennis ball <laughs> Pringles. I love that. <laughs> I actually had a shirt that um, when my parents went over to see my sister, they brought back for me it, of one of his jokes. Um, so it's the, when the escalator breaks, you know
1: that? Mm-hmm. And it just turns into stairs.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not one of his best jokes, but it was pretty cool. I had like a, a cartoon version of that on his shirt. I've, it's like all shirts, you eventually either, I don't know, you just lose, you know, do you have that problem with shirts? You just lose track of them or.
1: Or they wear out or, yeah, you yeah. put them in the back of a drawer and then by the time you find them, they've got that weird been in the back of a drawer smell. You don't want to wear it anymore.
0: <laughs> what other, did you have any other ska uh, comedian connections? Well, that's, I
2: really love the EPS you had with, with the comedians, but um, I guess. There was there was kind of um, wasn't one of the no doubt I think Gwen's brother was involved with the Simpsons. Have you heard of yeah. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. he
0: was a founder of No Doubt, and he quit. <laughs> um, what's his name?
2: Uh, Eric, I think.
0: Yes, Eric. yes, Eric Stefani. Yeah.
2: And uh, and that was pretty cool finding out that all the early Scar that No Doubt did too,
0: because mm-hmm.
2: it was like. I was expecting it to be like maybe like tinges of scar, like how like rancid and no effects, but it was like genuine scar, wasn't it? Like the first,
0: the original stuff, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and um, I should have I should have uh, researched this a bit better. I'm trying to go off at the top of my <laughs> head. Help me out if you can think of any. <laughs> but yeah, there's been a little bit of um. Oh, another one. Um, Dicky 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 Barrett being the um announcer on. Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel show yeah like that yeah. was pretty cool that was like a cool thing <laughs> um yeah there's been a few <laughs>
0: do you so any other comedians in Australia that you know that you're friends with are they fans of ska um
2: yeah there's yes I do I believe um uh, my friend he's actually he lives here but he's from America Mike Goldstein um we okay. we chat about um real big fish and that and rancid and things. <laughs> um, I, f- I feel like um, a lot of, yeah, it's you guys being in defense of Scar, there is that kind of, there is a bit, as you'd know well about, the the snarkiness of, of sort of um, when d- when Scar gets raised as a topic can be a bit of a pun time. But uh, I've always um, I've always defended it, but um, I do find sort of um, like Bands like real big fish, I, I, I find hard to de- defend 100%, you know? I can see where that kind of...
0: <laughs> is there sort of an attitude um, in Australia that scars, kind of like whatever?
2: Well, that's the... Yeah, the problem I feel people will emphasise on sort of, you know, the like... Which which I feel when you have songs like um, Propaganda with scar Sucks is... The negative connotations of of bandwagon jumping, the annoying kids with all the the checkers and everything, <laughs> and they emphasize, and I'm like, guys guys you gotta you gotta see the cool stuff as well, you know, and like and that's why um yeah like i've al- I've always loved it, but I did drift away a little bit from it, but um and some of it looking back doesn't hold up great, but then a lot of it does as well, yeah, so like um, for me um i i these days i'm not um i'll admit i'm like i, I was obsessed with less than jake but i i've moved on to sort of um bands like the mountain goats now but i still they're an important part of my growing up you know and i, I respect that and um there's parts of it that will be cringe but like like hello rock view that's still an amazing album i reckon mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but um Sorry, I feel like I never answer your questions properly.
1: <laughs>
2: this is my biggest problem: is just drifting away. But um, it's a bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is a bit. You're winding us up. <laughs> but no. But um, getting back to what you're saying, there is um, there's a few of us who um, who do um, appreciate and like Scar. And um, I got to be in a movie, which was awesome, called the Mer- The Merger. Um, I did ask my sister if it's on netflix over there but apparently it's only on netflix here <laughs> uh-huh. i think it's on amazon or something over there anyway but the the main guy in that damien cullinan he um so he's the main actor and also wrote it and did a lot of stuff and um he he's a big uh ska fan from from way back you know sort of 90s and 80s so um yeah in, in australia he he went to see all the 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 Scar bands in the 80s so that's that's one I can absolutely say is a is a long time, head. Is that the right word? <laughs> defender sure. of scar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> scar soldier. I don't know. We got to think of something for. If you defend scar, you're a scar soldier. I reckon.
1: You're a <laughs> defender, a scar defender. Yeah,
2: yeah, that's right. Um, absolutely. But yeah, I, I'm definitely trying to to keep it, keep the flame flickering. You know, and um, yeah, that's why um, um. Any any bands like if 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 I still can see that I love their, their work, I'll I'll definitely like promote them and try to push them, yeah. I got I gotta dig up my old scar shirts. I used to have so many. Like I had Bucco Nine and Less than Jake shirts and probably
0: outgrown them though. <laughs> what else? Can you think of any other shirts you had?
2: Um No Effects. <laughs> I only had one No Effects, yeah. they were they actually just toured here, actually, but, like, I I kind of out, um, outgrew them a little bit. Um, oh, in terms of Scar, um, well, I had a few Wiseacre ones. They were the local Brisbane band here. They had some funny shirts, actually. The one said, which is actually an old classic design, it said Bull Shirt, which I, I've seen um, <laughs> Lenny from The Simpsons wearing when they flashed back to him in the 70s. So, <laughs> And, um... Yeah, a lot of lot of silly humor, as was the the style at the time. I'm sure if you remember, there was, I had this other one I got, which I bought at um, the Warp Tour '99, and it said "Hoof Hearted," so it said "H and then "Hearted" with a question mark. Like, oh, lol, you know, say it quick. It's "Hoof farted. you know, top top quality humor. That's, <laughs> <laughs> I sh- I shouldn't be too cheeky. I I you know, people will probably dissect my comedy now and <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right i got a um i got a total left field question for you um you got kicked off of twitter a few years ago
2: <laughs> oh yeah and now i'm gonna and now i'm thinking to ask um elon if he'll let me back yeah
0: so they tell what's what's the, what happened
2: oh like so i i have the i can't really resist like some of my friends and people I know who like believe in stuff but they can resist arguing with like idiots you know I can't so if I see something bad I just have to like argue with them you know and then so I saw someone being racist on Twitter and I was like yes started getting an argument with them and use some coarse language and then it was like, that was my first warning, and like, you're whatever it is, a week ban or something. And I think I might have had two. I did it again, but then I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop. I don't want to be kicked off this thing. And then another comedian just put something up about Mr. Bean, right? It said, imagine if Mr. Bean was Australian or something. And I just said, and I used the C word, as you guys know, we use a lot more here than you do there yeah which i don't even usually use like i'm people who know me know i don't um swear a lot or what you guys say cuss don't you (laughs) yeah but like so i just wrote it and then next thing i'm kicked off forever off twitter (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: all it took the the c word
2: yeah and like if i knew i was going i wish i would have done some something worthwhile but it's like now i'm off forever and and it, it was, like I said, I use the socials and I didn't use Twitter a lot, but it still really sucks just to know that one outlet is gone for you as a person who's trying to get your name out there. So yeah, if you're listening, Elon, put me back on.
0: <laughs> yeah, you might get back on. I think it's, uh, I think you're encouraged to use that kind of language now.
2: Oh man, like, <laughs> and, and it was hard. It was really hard because I was at a really tough point in my life too with some, stuff happening in my private life where it was and so it's just everything was magnified like if something bad would happen it was just magnified how bad it was like the whole world's against me you know? <laughs> but then looking back now it's it's not a huge deal but it, it would be nice to have another outlet to use <laughs> <laughs>
1: Don't go anywhere. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation, head over to our Patreon. Thank you for listening to Indefensive Ska. Please rate and review this podcast and tell a friend. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Ska. Pick up Aaron's book, Indefensive Ska, at your local bookstore or online. This podcast is edited by Chris Reeves of Ska Punk International. This is your co-host Adam Davis of OmniGon, leaving you by saying ska now more than ever.